The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get ready for today's episode of Bench with Bubba, let me talk to you about Draft. Draft Draft.com, Draft in your app store, is a great way to play fantasy sports, and right now, they have NFL best balls going and going strong. Go check it out. It's a great way to play. You draft. You don't worry about it. They take your best scores each week. It's a ton of fun. Use promo code SD Sports when you check out, and you'll get entry into a free $3 best ball tournament. So go check it out. Draft in your app store, draft.com, promo code SD Sports when you check out, and enjoy a great, fun way to play fantasy sports. Now to this week's edition of Benched with Bubba. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, episode 112. Going to talk some fantasy football running backs and a special new website that's going to be coming out. In order to do so, we'll be joined by a guest that we had on when he was doing his big NFL draft talk because he was doing podcast after podcast on that. Now he's got a new website up his sleeve. You can find on Twitter at Elliot Christ. It's with one L, E-L-I-O-T-C-R-I-S-T. Elliot, how we doing, man? I'm doing good, brother. I appreciate having me on. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, always good, knowledgeable stuff coming your way. And I, for one, am excited about this because I have no idea about this website. I have well, small ideas, but obviously we don't get to see it until the 8th. What can you tell us about your little project here, the Quant Edge? Yeah, so that's going to be launching um, Wednesday, August 8th, like you mentioned. And, you know, we wanted to kind of provide people with things that aren't out there. So we created uh, four tools. Three of them are brand new. Uh, the first one is the head-to-head tool where you can compare any two players to each other. So if you want to compare a wide receiver and a tight end, for example, and decide who you want to start in the flex, you can do that. By all these different advanced metrics, spider charts, different graphs to compare weekly metrics. Uh, and then we have heat maps as well. So if you want to compare uh, 
offensive players and defensive players, you can see where teams are susceptible or where players are catching a lot of their passes, as well as all of our defensive metrics are broke down by different position types. So, for example, if you want to know how a defense is against wide receivers, that's terrific. But we are doing that based on wide receiver one, twos, and threes to kind of really get an understanding of you know how susceptible defenses are to different types of players. Uh, we have a wide receiver cornerback matchup tool where you can select any wide receiver or tight end and compare them against the defense's um, safety, linebacker, or cornerback by route type, by coverage type, by alignment. Uh, you can create your own graphs at, at, you know, at a, click of, a click of a finger and get access to in-depth information that you can't get elsewhere. And then another tool we're really excited about is the injury impact tool, where basically you can take any player, offense or defense, and see how that impacted the team. So you can do it by team, whether you want to do like run success rate or maybe explosive run rate or sack percentage or turnover percentage or whatever it is. Uh, you can do that for offensive or defensive players. And then if you select an offensive player, any offensive player, you can see how he's impacting the fantasy relevant players. So for example, if you want to take David Bakatiari off the Green Bay Packers, you can see that Aaron Rodgers, a dot drops and yards per attempt drop. Or if you want to take a wide receiver, um, off the field, like Antonio Brown, for example, you can see where the uh, market share is going, who's getting all the targets. You can see all the wide receivers at once. You can see all the tight ends. You can see all the running backs. You know, if you take a running back off the field, you can see the snap percentage of all the different running backs to get a sense of whether or not they kind of have running back by committee to replace a Le'Veon Bell or if they just kind of, you know, have one specific back in mind. So, you know, and then we'll have an optimizer as well. And these are just the tools we have for launch. We kind of want to tease it a little bit. We're going to have some more stuff that comes out throughout the course of the season and we'll have a ton of content. I think right now it's about 25 podcasts and articles a week um, for people um, providing information on basically whatever you need for your DFS season longer betting uh, for, for the week. And, you know, we're competitively priced. We're twenty nine ninety nine a month, and that's going to get all sports. We are going to be expanding to other sports as well, uh, basketball, baseball, to name a few. And um, the nine ninety nine for the season is going to get you uh, everything throughout the playoffs, and that's by far the best price in the industry with tools that aren't out there. With uh, and you're going to get access to an optimizer with, with that's built with machine learning and advanced algorithms, and you know. Ivy League quants are building this stuff. So I'm, I'm telling you guys, this is this is going to be some amazing stuff. And it's incredibly fun to play with and easy too, which is terrific. So we're going to get you information, uh, access to information that you haven't had in ways that's incredibly easy to understand and effective for you to play your matchups at a price that's better than anybody else. So quite frankly, man, we, we think we're going to be able to provide something that's not out there and really help people in an affordable way to do it. That sounds outstanding because you look at a lot of these sites that offer just a lineup builder alone and they're charging them $29.99 a month with just a few articles a week type deal. Now you have all these other tools like the head-to-head tool sounds outstanding because, we, you know, you've done DFS for a while. You've had podcasts and wrote articles for, um, you know, Power Hour and you did some things on your own beforehand. And when you're talking head-to-head matchups, you, you always like to compare, okay, this cornerback on this player and how it's going to affect things, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, half the time that cornerback's not going to be on that player the whole like there's there's different percentages and whatnot so i like that with the wide receiver cornerback matchups and then that injury impact tool is very interesting because there's so many weeks and we're trying to look for value plays in dfs or other deals like that and like you said when a receiver goes down or something okay who's gonna he's gonna slide into maybe the third receiver spot and he's gonna be like 3k on dk and now we can actually get some 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 something out of him so 
I think there's a lot to like about this. Obviously, it sounds really, really awesome. Price point is outstanding for the product and the service you're going to get there. And you brought some pretty awesome guys on board that many of us have heard of. Do you care to mention some of those guys? Yeah, so our editor is John Oning. Um, he's done a ton of work. Uh, he used to be FanRag's editor. We got Brad Kelly breaking down our wide receivers. He's actually a college wide receiver coach. He works over there at the Draft Network. Uh, Connor Allen's going to be doing some of our betting stuff. He's uh, also contributed to uh, Warren Sharp's website, website and Roto World. Uh, Ryan Noonan's going to do betting stuff for us. He's contributed to... Um, uh, number fire, sporting news, roster coach. He's even done some stuff for DraftKings. Uh, Brad Reyes, most people know him as uh, Mean Mr. Mode or Skeletor. Just He's the guy that when you get in your drafts, if you see him, you know you're probably not going to win because his team always ends up the best. Uh, Joe Piano is going to do GPP stuff for us. Derek Brown um, is going to uh, do breakdown season-long stuff for us. And Matt Dickinson really caught my eye last year when he was doing all this ideal target stuff, basically attacking certain sections of the field, breaking down all this stuff, you know, through hours worth of research. Now we're, we're cutting his hours into, you know, seconds and minutes. Um, and, you know, I wanted to give him a shot to, to do that on our site too, and it's going to be fantastic using that head-to-head tool and the heat maps and everything. So, you know, we're going to provide a ton of content uh, this is on top of all the guests that we're going to bring on as well of our different podcasts and, you know, really allow you to kind of whatever slate you want. If you're a primetime guy, we're going to have that. We'll have a Monday morning pivot podcast. So, you know, if, if your lineups are dead or if you're kind of towards the top of the field, how to adjust your, your lineups according to that for the primetime slates. Like we're going to try to get you as much content for draft, DraftKings, FanDuel uh, betting that you can possibly want, um, you know, if basically and every day there's going to be new content. That sounds awesome. Really looking forward to this. And you mentioned you're going to have other sports out there, baseball, basketball, to name a few. So you're going to hit all the avenues and have all the stuff everybody needs. And uh, it's it's a good group of guys. I know most of them already. And um, if you're excited about it, I'm excited about it. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what you guys have in store because everything I've seen you do so far has turned out pretty darn good. So I appreciate um, we'll that. definitely check Yeah, no problem. We'll definitely check it out. That's why I wanted to have you on here and promote it as much as possible. So Bring it up as much as you want in the podcast, and we'll definitely plug it again at the end. But let's do a little fantasy football talk for the people out there. Let's talk a little running backs. And we'll start with the big question on the board is there's the top four, and you can pretty much make an argument for all four of them at number one if you really want to, but some have better feelings than others. you got Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, and David Johnson. How do you approach the top four? To be honest, and I don't even think this is a popular opinion, I don't think it matters. You know, I just I think they're all in there. They're they're clearly a tier. Right. And uh, this is one of the things we're actually doing at the Quan edge. And I'm sorry to keep plugging it, but no, we're not doing plug it away. We're not doing rankings like one through 32. We're doing percentiles. Right. So you want to know how good someone is at something. You know, these guys are probably all going to be 95th to 99th percentile guys. Meanwhile, the next tier might be like 85th percentile, and that's, that shows you a huge drop-off. And if it's 98th to 97th percentile, you can tell that it's not a big deal. And this is kind of dealer's choice. Uh, I rank them uh, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott. I Honestly, I think you can make the decision in any way you're probably going to be okay. The only thing that's going to hold one of these guys back is an injury. They're going to be on the field all the time. They're involved in the passing game. They're the team's... Uh, best weapon outside of uh, Le'Veon Bell with Antonio Brown there, but we've seen the kind of work he gets. His volume is absurd. So, you know, I ultimately, I think it, it doesn't matter. And I know that's not a popular opinion, but if I get one through four, I'm, I'm perfectly happy. 
That is completely how I see it. So that's why I don't care if it's popular or not, because I've told people, just give me one of the top four picks and I'll just kind of throw uh, throw a dart at the dartboard and whatever comes in. I don't care. Like, I really don't care. Um, I, I, I had the first pick I took Gurley, and I was very, very happy with that. But I was really thinking about, do I want to gamble on DJ coming back or something? Like, it didn't matter. It didn't matter at all, like you said. So the only thing stopping these guys is an injury, and you can't predict that stuff anyway. So, yeah, very uh, good stuff there. Let's talk about some of the other guys in the top ten. Uh, you have Kamara, Barkley, Hunt, Fournette, Gordon, and Cook. We're going off of Fantasy Pros ADPs. There's tons of different avenues to look at there. Um, let's talk Alvin Kamara. Now, we know he's he's going to be the main guy while Ingram serving a suspension. Some think that's going to make him just an amazing player above what he was already doing. Some think he's still going to split his role and nothing's going to change. How do you look at Alvin Kamara entering the season? Uh, so Alvin Kamara was actually my highest-owned MFL guy last year because he was hanging out in like the 11th and 12th round as the Saints pass catching back. And this year – Listen, when people say, well, he's got to regress, you know, he can't be that efficient. Well, like, obviously, otherwise he's going to be the greatest player in NFL history. Exactly. But, I mean, when when he was on the field, the Saints' explosive pass percentage jumped by 6%. You know, their sack percentage dropped by a percent. Their yards per carry jumped by over a yard per carry, and the yard per attempt jumped by over a yard per attempt. Like, everything went up. <laughs> And, you know, he was incredibly efficient, and he's not going to be able to replicate that. But he is most likely going to get more volume this year, and that's probably going to make up for it. You know, he's still going to be a, a dynamic pass catcher. He's still going to get a lot of targets. He's going to be in an explosive offense. And with Ingram off the field, his his snap percentage probably goes up some. And he's a guy I feel comfortable. Uh, he's probably my sixth guy off the board. I'd probably take Antonio Brown over him. But I, I feel good about uh, Kamara this year. Um, you know, I think I think him and Barkley are the next tier running backs, and then it uh, it drops to tier three. But I I understand his efficiency is going to go down, but with the volume numbers going up, I'm not that worried about it. Uh, we're talking Saquon Barkley here, and um, the Giants took their top pick to take him out of the draft out of Penn State. We know you're very very high on him. What's your thoughts on Barkley this year, rookie running back that early in the draft? I'm good with it. It, it reminds me of the Zeke situation, right? When you or even Fournette last year, when someone gets drafted that high. You understand they're going to get the ball. I mean, the last um, running backs or this this decade that have gone in the top ten all produces fantasy PPR RB nine or better. Uh, Saquon Barkley is going to get the ball in the air. He's going to get the ball on the ground. Uh, he's an explosive playmaker. Even if you have concerns about how his toughness or his pa- his ability to drop his pads and run through contact, like he's going to get so much opportunity. He's going to have the workload of those top you know four four guys and. You know, I, I'm very comfortable taking him. Again, running backs are all about volume. And then if you add in extreme talent to a ton of volume, I'm I'm all in. And, you know, Barkley is, is going to be a receiver. Uh, I mean, Shermer passes the ball a ton to his running backs. I mean, when McKinnon was the workhorse, he saw more targets per snap than Le'Veon Bell did. I mean, I'm, I'm very much buying Saquon Barkley. All right. I like that a lot because, yeah, most people are pretty high on him, and I, I get it. So he should be super, super talented there. Now it gets a little interesting here. You got guys like Kareem Hunt, who you know had a pretty good season last year. New quarterback uh, with Patrick Mahomes. You got Leonard Fournette, another young back last year, and people are expecting him to take a, a leap. And they got Dalvin Cook coming off an injury, so a bunch of second year running backs. How do you look at those three? Yeah, and I think the other guy in this tier is probably Melvin Gordon as well, uh, who's just been Mister Consistent. Man, nobody likes Melvin Gordon, but he puts up numbers every year. I think he only had one week or two weeks last year where he wasn't a top twenty four RB. So, like, he, he's he's Mr. Consistency for you. Uh, Kareem Hunt, the only question is whether or not the Chiefs hold him back. I mean, 
when they gave him the volume he produced, he was incredibly efficient. Even the weeks where he didn't score a lot of fantasy points that people like to point out, if you look at like his broken tackle percentage and his yards per carry and all that other stuff, he was he was incredibly efficient. So I I like Hunt. I don't I don't worry about where that much. Uh, Fournette's gonna get the volume. Fournette was not that good last year. I mean, if you I think Scott Barrett showed that if you took away his the top two runs of every running back in the NFL, like his yards per carry was like dead last. Um. Fournette's got the ankle issue. Uh, he's going to get the volume. If he stays healthy, he's going to be good. But I, I think he's going to miss some weeks just based on his his history. And, you know, his violent running style, these running backs that like to run through contact and not avoid it uh, tend to struggle. And we saw Fournette's effectiveness drop towards the end of last year. I think he went four games without breaking a tackle at the end of last year. Um, and the last one, Dalvin Cook, I mean, he looked fantastic before that ACL injury. ACLs don't scare me the way they used to. You know, like – all these guys yeah, come back the year later, and they're fine. And you get the discount. I mean, Cook's the first guy I remember without the discount. But, you know, I, I on the turn, I like grabbing Cook. I, if I can grab a top receiver, you know, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, a Julio Jones, a Odell Beckham, and Dalvin Cook, I, I really like to start for that for my team there. I like that a lot. Um, I do like Melvin Gordon quite a bit as Mr. Consistency, like you mentioned a midster, but I think Dalvin Cook's the uh, the value play in the zone, like you mentioned. Uh, if I can get Gordon or Cook on a, a turn like that, I'd be very happy. Yeah, I'm 100 percent with uh, you. Let, Even if I can yeah, get both of them. No, but, yeah. If you're if you get both those guys in a turn, oh man, that is absolutely outstanding. Uh, but yeah, Melvin Gordon, big big stuff again out of this in this year. Let's talk 11 through 20 here, and just kind of hit on a couple guys. Let's talk Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Ron Rivera thinks Christian McCaffrey's Superman, apparently, because he's going to touch the ball more than his team's going to touch every game. What's your thoughts on McCaffrey this year? Boy, coach speak is fun, isn't it? Everybody's getting yes. 12 targets a game and 25 carries, and it's like like I'm I'm not amazing at math, but I know that you guys aren't running 120 plays a game. So, uh, <laughs> like, I like McCaffrey a lot, though. The thing about McCaffrey is that when we do this over at the Quan Edge, it was we grade weighted opportunity, and Scott Barrett, uh, PFF first pointed this out to me is that you know the value of a target is much greater than the value of a touch and McCaffrey's I think he had 111 running back targets last year I mean it was 109 it's one of those two numbers um was the number one in the NFL this last year and I expect that to to replicate and I think he's going to get a few more carries on the ground and he's like he's basically a starting wide receiver that's also going to get eight to ten carries and in the second round, that that works for me. Uh, we we saw that playoff game against New Orleans when they got on the ball in space. He made a big a big play. Like that guy is elusive in the open field. He breaks people down. He gets open. Um, I I like McCaffrey a lot. You know, I don't expect him to get twenty five to thirty touches. I don't think he can hold up with that. But if he did, you're gonna enjoy the hell out of it for five weeks. But even if he doesn't, when he doesn't, you're still gonna get incredibly valuable touches. And so I'm buying McCaffrey. Yeah, I'm with you. I wasn't sold on him last year because I liked him at Stanford. I wanted to see how he fit into this NFL offense, and I like it a lot. They then they they make it a point that they want to make him more of a focal point here. They did bring in C.J. Anderson to replace Jonathan Stewart, but I don't see that affecting McCaffrey as much as people try to make it out to be. Um, even if they did bring in, even if they yeah. didn't bring in C.J. Anderson, people are like, "Well, McCaffrey's going to get goal line work." Cam yeah. Newton is the goal yeah, line running back on that team. Newton gets. This year's six, seven goal line TDs just feels like yearly. Yeah, every year. I mean, why not? He's six foot six and like two fifty and runs Fall through forward. people every time. Fall forward. 
Yeah, no, it makes too much sense. You don't need a bruiser for that. So, yeah, McCaffrey very much in play. Let's talk Jarek McKinnon, leaving Minnesota, coming to the Niners. Uh, everyone raves about, um, you know, Shanahan and his running backs, and they think McKinnon to be the next version of that workload before. And you got uh, Breida and others in the backfield. How do you look at Jarek McKinnon this year? Because going 14th running back off the board, 21st overall in most drafts. I liked him more when I was getting him in the third round. Yeah. Um, this is a this is I feel like you're paying ceiling price for him. Like if if I do a bunch of best balls, I'll get him on a couple teams, but I'll be underweight on him. I mean, he's probably gonna have the Devonta Freeman role. He's probably gonna have some spike weeks, but ultimately, I mean, Breed is gonna be involved in the game. I mean, Shanahan is known for having two running backs out there. He's gonna catch some passes. I don't think he's built to handle twenty plus carries a game. Um, I don't necessarily think he's going to get the volume, but I do think he's going to be effective. I think um, he's he's going to catch some passes. He's going to have some big weeks. But there are a couple guys in his area that I would probably take over him. Like, I see him go before like Christian that. McCaffrey, and McCaffrey is pretty easily ahead of Jarek McKinnon for me. McKinnon wants to be McCaffrey. He's not going to be McCaffrey. He wants to be McCaffrey. So, yeah, right. I, agree with you. I agree with you there. And I was with you. Like, at first, when first drafts were happening, ADPs rolled out, and it said McKinnon, you know, mid to late third round. I'm like, okay, I can see this. This makes sense. But now, you know, you're taking him in a 12-team league. He's right at the turn, coming back in the second round. That does not work for me at all. Yeah, that's really important to know, too. Like, when you like players, you like players at their ADP, right? Like, yeah. if I, I like Saquon Barkley, I'd never take him at two, right? You, you have to have your cutoff point and understand the player's value. Because if you just keep going with a player as he shoots up boards, you're starting to lose value. Definitely. If you value based drafting is definitely something that, that works big time and it'll help you out. That's why you don't take quarterbacks early, so on and so forth. There's value to be had all over the place. Um, let's talk one here, and it's more just kind of what do you th- you're just gonna guess here? LaShawn McCoy, we know if he's on the field, he's gonna be the workhorse because Buffalo is gonna be garbage again. But we don't know if he's gonna be on the field. We don't know what's going on with the situation. How are you approaching LaShawn McCoy these days? By the way, to throw in your quarterback point, I think I've done 114 drafts on on play drafts so far, and I have zero Aaron Rodgers. Um, <laughs> there you go. That tells you something I'm right just, there. I'm just not taking Rodgers in the fourth. But um, no, it's crazy. You're missing there. Especially in best ball. Yeah, you're you're. But with McCoy, like I have very little. McCoy. I didn't like McCoy much before the thing where he was going in the second. Now he goes in the third because of the risk. I mean, there's there's a. There's a legit chance he doesn't play a single game. Um, and then even if he does play, I mean, McCoy is really good, but he is 30 years old behind a terrible offensive line on a garbage offense on a team that figures to be trailing a lot. I just – I don't think the formula is there for that. Like, I would rather take a Jordan Howard or a Joe Mixon than a LaShawn McCoy. Like, I would rather take a receiver. I just, I just think when I have to compare him to all the guys that he goes around, the other guys are better bets. Uh, Chris Thompson looks to be a little banged up. I'm not going to start the year with them. Darius Geis is climbing up draft boards. What Geis? Yeah, Geis is someone I was less enthusiastic about when he was going at this ADP and Chris Thompson was supposed to be healthy. But now that Thompson's not healthy, I'm buying a little bit more of Geis. But still, Gruden's been a guy that, like, he still, he still likes getting multiple guys involved. I mean, you look at when um, Thompson went down – they were running out like Byron Maxwell and Capri Bibbs in that role. Like Samaj P. Ryan, like they 
They never really in you look at his days in Cincinnati too. He's always had a pass catching back when they drafted him. They said they don't need guys to catch. Now, Geis is a different kind of talent, and I think he could develop into that role. But I, my guess is that uh, Geis kind of has a chance to do that for the first four or five weeks, and then Thompson takes that role back. Um, but I think Geis is a swing for the fences, league-winning upside pick, but he's also could very easily be a two-down guy that's touchdown dependent. Yeah, I'm not sold on him at that point just yet. A quick hitter here, Joe Mixon. Are you buying the hype? Uh, for now, at his price. No, Again, the volume and volume and opportunity and pass catching ability. That's what I'm looking for, and he's gonna have a shot at that. Okay, let's talk one more guy here in the top twenty. Jay Ajay. When he went to Philadelphia, it's tough with guys. The guy. What's your thoughts? I have some, but I'm not thrilled about it because he's not going to catch passes at all. Like, he can't catch. He's Jordan Howard-esque with catching. Um, They have Corey Clement there who came on strong. People forget that Darren Sproles is back. Like, he's not just a punt returner. The reports are he's been looking as the best pass blocker in camp. He's uh, a dynamic receiver. He's going to be involved. And I think Ajayi is in one of these – three three running back by committee teams, and it makes me a little bit nervous taking him in the fourth round. Um, now, Blunt is going to open up some goal line work, and it is going to be a high-scoring offense, but historically, Jay Ajayi has been pretty bad uh, in inside the five-yard line. That's That hasn't necessarily been a strength of his. And on top of that, if you look at Ajayi throughout his career, he's kind of got like four big games and then a whole lot of nothing. Um, so I'll have some... Ajahi, but I'll be in terms of best ball. I'll certainly be underweight and redraft. That's not redraft. That's not a guy I have much much uh, much interest in at all because he's going to be so hard to predict when to start if everybody's healthy. I mean, you're 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 kind of guessing it there. That um, and I, I would rather take you know a, a Rashad Penny than a Jay Ajahi. No, I'm with you there. Take the gamble on Penny a couple picks later. You can definitely have some fun with that. Let's talk about some other guys outside the top 20 here. We'll kind of jump around a bit as we're not going to cover all of the running backs, 50 running backs that get taken in your drafts. But let's talk about Mark Ingram. Uh, we know he's in a dynamic office his games. When he comes back, he still seems to tear it up. He's going 23rd running back off the board right now. How are you approaching Mark Ingram? Ingram's tough because he's spending the first four weeks. And then I think he's got a week six bye, right? And then I want to say week five is against the Minnesota Vikings. That's tough because you might not be able to use him the first six weeks. And he's like he's a second or third round guy probably without the suspension. But I'd want to get him end of round five, beginning of round six with the suspension. Because uh, you really you really might not be able to use him the first six weeks of the season. And that's brutal to a team. You have to start really strong. So for the most part, I'm avoiding Ingram because I don't think the discount is is matching what it should be. Okay, fair enough there. Uh, let's talk about the Houston Texans backfield. Um, they're going to have our boy Lamar Miller toting the rock, hopefully with a full Deshaun Jackson uh, in – Deshaun Watson, I mean Deshaun Watson <laughs> in tow. What's your thoughts on uh, Lamar Miller this year? Because people are really high on him. I know he played much better with Watson on the field. What do you think about with Miller this year? Yeah, with, when Watson's on the field, it makes all the difference. Um, just let me pull up these numbers for you real quick. So when Watson's on the field, the explosive uh, run percent goes up by a percent. 
the explosive pass percent nearly doubles from 12% to 20%. Uh, the yards per carry goes up by eight-tenths of a yard. The yards per pass attempt goes up by like three yards. You know, obviously what he did was not sustainable. People love to point that out. Watson's going to regress. All you're saying is Watson's not the single greatest player in the history of the NFL. <laughs> That's all you're saying. Um, but Miller, the thing, the reason I'm buying Miller is because Foreman's Achilles, and he may take a while to uh, be on the field. And at Miller's fifth-round ADP, I'm getting a guy that should see a majority of the workload in an explosive offense that can catch the football. And again, volume opportunity. Volume, opportunity, and uh, pass-catching ability, he checks those boxes for me. So Miller's the guy I'm buying in the fifth round. like it. Um, John Gruden, he's back in Oakland for those that have been sleeping under a rock. And everyone's talking about he's bringing an old school, basically is what you keep hearing over and over again. But Marshawn Lynch is there, and in the second half of last season, Lynch played. How do we look Marshawn Lynch this season? I think he's a guy to take a shot on in the seventh round because he's got that touchdown upside. Um, and that that offensive line is pretty good. Um, you know, they got Gabe Jackson and Kamichi Assemble, and um, you know, so they they got some some bruisers up front for Lynch to run behind. And you know, he he can still break tackles with anybody in this league. Uh, it's the last year in Oakland, right? And like that's why he came back. So Marshawn Lynch motivated is is a dangerous man. I think he's going to have a couple uh, two touchdown weeks. He's going to have a couple spike weeks. Uh, he's more of a best ball guy for me, but then redraft, trying to guess which week that is. But uh, I think you're getting a guy that's – like he's competing with Doug Martin for touches, and Doug Martin's terrible. You know, at the seventh round, again, you, you're you getting some opportunity upside there. So I Lynch is a guy I'm willing to buy. Okay, I can dig that, yeah. I think, you know, like you said, competing against Doug Martin is pretty much all you really need to know right there. That'll tell you a lot about opportunity. Work, he's going to people really, really like him out of the backfield, especially in those PPR-type leagues. How are you looking at Rex Burkhead this year? So I was buying Burkhead before the Sonny Michelle news. Now I'm probably not going to have as much of him. Like, Michelle's out for a few weeks, but he's going to be back by game one, and he's still going to be a big part of the offense. And people are starting to draft Burkhead in the fourth or fifth round. Um, ahead of Michelle, which makes I get why you draft him ahead of Michelle at this point, but he's he's starting to go up there like he's not going to be competing with three other people. Um, and Burkhead doesn't have a history of staying healthy. He doesn't have a history of being able to handle a workhorse load. Um, I just I don't trust him at that price tag in the fourth or fifth round. When he was the sixth or seventh round guy, I was I was in, but Michelle missing a couple weeks of training camp should not make Burkhead jump two rounds in ADP, in my opinion. Well, let's talk about some of those rookie running backs. We already talked about Saquon Barkley and Darius Geis. Let's go to, to uh, Sonny Michelle real quick as he's going to be out for a little bit, got some knee work done. Like you said, he's supposed to be back by week one. How do you approach Sonny Michelle now that he's hurt and you're probably going to get a little value on him? Yeah, when he goes in the sixth round, I'm buying like he's got league winning upside, right? He's going to get that Deion Lewis role. I mean, Lewis is one of the most efficient running backs in the NFL last year. But when running backs get drafted in the first round, they play. I mean, other than David Wilson that year on the Giants, where he he was banged up some too. Every running back that's drafted in the first round this decade sees a lot of volume, and volume is the name of the game. The Patriots didn't draft a running back in the first round because they didn't like him. You know, he can catch the ball, he can make big plays. 
Um, he's going to be on a high-scoring offense. Sixth round, that's that's legit league-winning upside right there for Sony Michelle because you know the Patriots want, would rather play him than Rex Burkhead. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's going to kind of be the equal to what Deion Lewis did last year or even better? Uh, I don't think he can be better because Lewis is like the most efficient yeah. fantasy point per snap running back in the NFL uh, or right behind Alvin Kamara. But, you know, I, I think he could he could provide some serious value. Okay. Let's talk about Rashad Penny. There's a little bit of a back and forth up there in Seattle with Chris Carson and company, but many believe Penny is the guy. What are you seeing with Rashad Penny? This is so funny that every year we do the same thing with Pete Carroll that we believe him. Eddie Lacy looks incredible. No, Eddie Lacy looks fat. And, like, Thomas Rawls is the greatest running back we've ever had. No, he's not. Like, every year we do the same. Like, he was was talking to J.D. McKissick. He's like, that guy is so (laughs) explosive. There's no way to stop him. But then we we selectively choose the Chris Carson. Like, meanwhile, Brian Schoenheimer is talking about how well uh, Rashad Penny is pass blocking and and catching passes. Again, they drafted him in the first round. I'm going to sound like a broken record. When they draft a player in the first round at running back, they plan on playing him. Penny is a guy that has done incredible. Uh, he he has incredible college metrics in terms of breaking tackles, yards after contact. Um, Seattle has said they want to run the ball more. Those years with Marshawn Lynch, they were top three in uh, run percentage and total carries a game. Now those teams, yes, were they better defensively and probably had more leads absolutely but he's going to be on a team with russell wilson that's going to score points and he's going to get a lot of opportunity i'm less worried about the offensive line than other people because again he's going to get volume i'm not worried about chris carson chris carson's a guy with one good career game that was a seventh round pick and they they just they just went up and and this is a team without many draft picks coming into the draft and they chose a running back they really liked rashad penny they're going to play rashad penny I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, last rookie back I got written down for us here is Kerryon Johnson out of playing for the Detroit Lions. You know, you got Theo Riddick there, kind of a PPR back. What's your thoughts on Kerryon this year? Kind of, it seems like he could be that workhorse guy they're looking for. Yeah. LeGarrette Blunt's not very good anymore. Like, he's talked about <laughs> as this, like, great goal line back. And I think he scored one um, one touchdown on like 12 uh, carries inside the five-yard line last year, which was the least efficient in the NFL. And I think he ended up averaging negative yards per carry. Uh, he's 32 years old. He's been guaranteed like $1 million. Like he's not they, – they traded up to get on Johnson. I understand he wasn't a, the name that everyone was excited about, but the Lions really like him. They've been working him in pass-catching situations. I assume that he'll split that role with Theo Riddick. I hear people mention Amir Abdullah. That's got to stop. Please, please stop mentioning Amir Abdullah. Uh, on Johnson is going in the seventh round. I'm buying him. I think, I think three weeks from now, he may be going in the fourth round. You know, I, I think that ADP rise may be coming and on Johnson is, is going to get the opportunity in an explosive offense behind a good offensive line too. I mean, they drafted Frank Ragnow, one of the draft's best interior offensive linemen, and they get Taylor Decker coming back, who was one of their best players the year before. So this Lions offense is set up to score a lot of points and he's probably going to be on the field a lot. So basically, you're really high on all these rookie running backs. Are you always a guy that will go and get those rookie running backs, or is this just because it's a special class? I did it last year, too. Um, yes, the the talent of these guys, too. Like, this isn't like the the Carlos Hyde, Eddie Lacy classes where, like, you're like, these guys are kind of 
they're okay. Like these guys were this was considered a really special class. These teams all went out and spent first and second round picks on these guys. Um you just you just look at historically when teams spend draft capitals on young running backs, they get them on the field. And every year you get these discounts on these guys because people are nervous because they're like, well they haven't proved in the NFL. The good thing about running backs is unlike any other position is you don't even necessarily need to be that good to produce in fantasy. You just need the volume. And if they get the volume and they're and then you add in the fact that they're talented guys coming in, that makes me feel good about it. And I, I get a discounted price tag because if you look look at like a Rashad Penny or a Carrion Johnson or a Royce Freeman or a Ronald Jones or like if they were in their second year, they would all be going much higher. Like you couldn't get Penny at the turn at four five. If he was set up to be the workhorse back in Seattle next year, he's going to go in the second round. He's going to go with Jordan Howard and Joe Mixon and Jarek McKinnon and all those guys. He's going to be up in that. But I get a two-round price discount. Like I'm willing to take that rookie chance because if I'm right and they do give him the football, which history says they do, then it's a league-winning pick. I mean, right, like Kareem Hunt, Alvin Kamara, Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, all those running backs saw a ton of volume. Yep. No, I, I completely agree. It makes tons and tons of sense to me. Uh, you mentioned Carlos Hyde. Let's talk about a few committees here. Uh, he's he's back there. You know, they, they drafted Nick Chubb. Duke Johnson's still a very talented uh, PPR back. How are you po- approaching the Cleveland situation, if you are at all? Uh, give me Duke Johnson and let other people draft Carlos Hyde and Nick Chubb. I, I like they, they, they both need an injury to be relevant. And even if they get an injury, they're not super relevant because Duke Johnson has that pass-catching job all the way locked up. They're, they're the Cleveland Browns. They're not going to be winning a lot of games. right? They're not going to be in positive game script. And they're you're splitting first and second down work. I don't I don't get – when Hyde goes in the eighth, I just don't get it. No, Give me I'm Kerryon Johnson in the seventh all day long over Carlos Hyde in the eighth. I like it. I like it. Yeah, no, I'm a Carlos or uh, a Duke Johnson guy through and through. Uh, carried me last year and plan on doing that again this year. He's going cheap uh, this year, too. You can get him like the 10th or 11th round. Cheap. And right now they're saying when he's not going to be catching the wall as a running back, they're going to put him in the slot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because they, they tried that a few games last year and he was very productive out of the slot. It just makes too much sense in a PPR league not to to have that guy. It just gets just crazy. Um, let's talk Tennessee Titans. They have Derrick Henry, who everyone's raving over, but I'm still a big fan of Mr. Deion Lewis, especially in your PPR leagues. They brought him there for a reason. They're not going to give, you know, they say Henry can carry the load, and we've seen it. We've also seen how they run this offense. I still believe Deion Lewis is going to be worth something here. How do you approach Tennessee? Yeah, I agree with you. I, I mean, this is clearly going to be a committee. They went out and they paid Deion Lewis top 10 running back money. He's the better receiver. He's the more efficient runner. And Henry's big thing is kind of you give him a bunch of carries, a bunch of carries, a bunch of carries. If you watch Derrick Henry run, and I'm sure there are a couple guys that are going to give me crap for this, but the first three or four yards, he's not good. He's not. Like, his whole thing is being huge, and once he builds up his freak athleticism in the open field, he's really hard to take down, so he's going to bust some big runs. But this this Titans team is not going to be exotic smash mouth anymore. They brought in the floor from the Rams. You know, they're going to do a lot of outside zone stuff. I don't think I'm not buying Henry the way other people are. Now, in best ball in the fourth or fifth round, he offers serious touchdown upside, and I'll, I'll take some shots on him. But I think Deion Lewis is – is I'd rather get Deion Lewis a couple rounds later in redraft leagues because I think he's going to be the pass catcher. And I understand that New England didn't necessarily use him in that role, but they've used him in that role in the past, and he's succeeded at it. He can run around. He can make people miss. Um, 
shoot, he forces more missed tackles than Derrick Henry by a lot. Like, I, I think that people are forgetting how good Deion Lewis is, in part because people wanted Derrick Henry to be a thing for two years now. Yep. Roll Tide. Yeah, roll, roll Tide. <laughs> and they that man won the Heisman because they gave him 35 carries a game. Well, that's, that's how he was in the postseason last year. The more they gave him the carries, he busted it out and they wore him down. That's just like you said. It's what you, what's what you get with him. Um, there's a ton of running backs we didn't cover. Are there any ones that kind of stand out that you see yourself targeting this year that maybe are going under the radar? Uh, we mentioned Duke Johnson. Right. He, he continues. He, I do so many play drafts, and every time he, he keeps falling later and later. And every time I check, I'm like, yo, Duke, did Duke Johnson, like, die? Did he get hurt? Like, what happened? And then I'm like, nope. Okay, Duke Johnson, you're on my team. Uh, Giovanni Bernard's another guy. We mentioned Joe Mixon, but I think Bernard's going to have a, a role on that offense. Uh, that team doesn't really have a secondary receiver right now. It could be John Ross. I think Giovanni Bernard's going to get a lot of work in the pass game. And if something does happen to Mixon, Bernard's going to win you a league because that guy has proven that when he gets volume, he produces. Uh, Neham Hines from the Colts in the 11th or 12th round. You're talking about a guy they're splitting out wide in the slot. Andrew Luck's back after T.Y. Hill, and they have tight ends and Ryan Grant and Chester Rogers and Deion Kane. Like, they're going to find ways to get these explosive guys ball. I mean, uh, Hines was a – I think he was – was he an All-American 100-meter guy? Like, he's really yeah, fast. really, really fast, really fast. Uh, throws his body around. I mean, he's he can make plays with the football – um, and Darren Sproles in the last round, man, people keep making fun of me, but I'll keep drafting him. Um, this is a guy that's going to, he's going in the 18th round and he's going to be the pass catching back on an explosive offense that we've yeah. seen whenever Darren Sproles is healthy in his career, he does work. Like that's what he does. He makes plays. He's going to score five or six touchdowns. He's, he's going to, he's going to make some things happen. And, in the 18th round, knowing that, that's a guy that I'm happy to take some shots on. No, I like it. That, that's the point of the late-round picks. You take your chance. If you don't, you can drop them right away. It's very simple. Uh, you can do things like that. Before we wrap this up, I have one more player question for you. And you're not wearing the bandana tonight, but what's your thoughts on Baker Mayfield this year? Dude, that taking that bandana off, I think my girlfriend was really happy when that happened. And honestly, that thing – the amount of times I was wearing that thing every day for ninety days. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm excited to see him play. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna win that job from Tyrod Taylor pretty quickly. And I think Tyrod Taylor's a good like a solid quarterback. But when you draft someone first overall, you you plan to play him. I think he's gonna get the most out of Jarvis Landry if Josh Gordon comes back. David and Joku. Apparently Higgins is the guy that he's been connecting with in camp. The reports have been pretty good with Baker. Uh, I saw there was a report that he didn't throw an interception for four days and people were quote tweeting it. Like I told you, he's the man calm down. I'm the biggest Baker fan there is, but like, or Patrick Mahomes threw seven interceptions in yeah. training camp and people are like, Oh, he told you he's going to suck. And I was like, when did, when did counting interceptions become a thing that people do for camps? I don't, I don't get that, but I'm excited for Baker, man. I, I going to Cleveland. I, I think he's going to be successful. I think, you know, Duke Johnson is a guy with Baker. I think could do a lot. We saw Baker with the Oklahoma running backs, whether it was Joe Mixon, um, Anderson, I think was the back last year. He, he gets guys the ball in space accurately so they can make plays after the catch. And, you know, I think uh, he's going to be good for that offense. And I think he's going to be good for that city and a good NFL player. I completely agree. I like, I like the fit there. It should be a lot of fun. Got to wrap us up, Elliot. Why don't you plug the Quant Edge one last time and we'll send it on away. 
yeah, I, I just want to thank you for having me on, man. This is always a lot of fun. You're one of my favorite guys to talk football with, or really anything with. Just, just you know, <laughs> fun conversations. But uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Elliot Chris. You can follow the Quant Edge at the Quant Edge. If you just search TQE on Twitter, you can find it as well. TheQuantEdge.com. It's up right now. It's just a countdown. Uh, it'll be launching at 5 p.m. on Wednesday. You will have access to the injury tool, the wide receiver cornerback matchup tool. Uh, I think we're going to have 12 articles up, a podcast, um, and the head-to-head tool. And that's going to be free for the first few weeks in August for people to kind of check out and get comfortable with. So make sure you guys keep an eye out for that. Awesome, man. Everybody go check out Elliot on Twitter at Elliot Chris, E-L-I-O-T-C-R-I-S-T. And again, go check out the Edge. A lot of good guys there doing a lot of good work. Should be great for your NFL DFS needs and much, much more. But Elliot, thanks for joining me, man. Always appreciated. Always, brother. All right, everybody, this is Bench with Bubba, episode 112, talking some fantasy football running backs. Catch you guys later. Yeah.